You're listening to Having a Chat, the show where we take interesting people with interesting tastes in music and talk to them about the music that they love. I'm Alex Spears, and this week on the show, we are chatting with Gaz from psych punk band Tropical Fuckstorm. Tropical Fuckstorm are a highly critically acclaimed band spun off from another punk band called The Drones. They've been putting out a fantastic collection of double-sided singles throughout the pandemic, and they are gearing up to release their third studio album. So we're very excited to have Gaz with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. Guys, thanks very much for joining us. No worries. Nice to be, nice to be here, which is just at home anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first thing I wanted to ask you about, we're gonna we're gonna listen to your song Suburbopia, and I'm really fascinated by the the kind of the first shot in the music video with the with the guy from Heaven's Gate. Um, the, yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, the sort of doomsday cult from the '90s. Um, uh, cults like that are kind of like a weird fascination of mine. So it kind of piqued my interest when I saw that. So I was wondering if you might be able to tell us maybe a little bit about the tune, but more importantly, what, uh, what was behind the inspiration for the, the heaven's gate, uh, plug in the music video. Uh, well, it's a song about cults, you know, it's, it's a song about giving cults a chance because, right. you know, like the sky thing that they thought they were going to, they all commit suicide, but they thought their souls would be transported up to like a passing asteroid or a passing comet right. or something. Right. Or there's like, I don't know, like a, there's all sorts of cults and they do all sorts of dumb shit. You know, it usually ends up with them dying. Right. They think they'll go somewhere, like some sort of their version of heaven. Right. right. And, you know, when they, when they do it, everybody writes them off and says, ha ha. You got what you deserved. You killed yourself, and you know whatever you expected to pass hasn't passed because you're dead. Right. But that song is just saying, "How do you know?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Heaven's Gate did it. Maybe it did work. You know, yeah. maybe you know the Jonestown. Yeah. So it's actually saying, "What's the chorus?" Uh, yeah. Don't knock it until you've tried it. You know? Right. It's saying keep. Give peace a chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's kind of a crazy notion because, like, you're so right. Like, I, I feel like just not even just with cults, but like with any sort of like slightly wacky religious movement, it's so easy for us to just assume that they're wrong. But really, who the fuck knows, right? Like, it's just and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's Imagine a, particular... a world when they were right. That yeah, would be exactly. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the funny... rest of us were on our high horses. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you know, it's it's that old adage like um, cult cult plus time equals religion. Uh, so you know, yeah. like who's who's to say that sort of mainstream religions are more right than them? I mean, yeah, well, fuck, and then they've gone. You know, it's gone mainstream. I mean, check out check out the country south of you. There's yeah, a big cult going on there. Eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, big time, big time. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so we're going to get into your song choices, and we're going to kick things off with uh, with Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. Um, my understanding is that Jimi Hendrix has just been like a mass, you know, one of your biggest influences. What uh, what about him uh, inspires you? Uh, well, he's just he's just a um, well, he's an actual he's an actual genius, and mm-hmm. people use that word. You know, he, he just saw something no one else saw. He saw the potential for equipment, you know, like a guitar or a recording studio. Mm. And um, he just took it as far as you could take it at the time. And, and no one else had those ideas. And no one else, if they sort of even sort of touched on those ideas, they just didn't do them half as well. He was, you know, a proper trained musician. And a, I mean, not trained in, in, in a in a real regular sense, but he'd done a bazillion gigs before he right. he actually became the Jimi Hendrix we know, you know. Like, I don't know, and he, I mean, he just did everything right. And he was, it was dangerous. It was, it was, you know, sexy. The songwriting was good. It was too loud. It was just, you know, it's wild. It, it should be anarchic. Yeah. Rock and roll should, you know, blow the roof off a place. It should be completely crazy wild. And he did it, and it was all quality too, you know, like you could say, well, that's just a bunch of noise, but underneath it as well is, you know, I mean, he was a, a virtuoso. And yeah. they, they played loose as well, which was like a hugely rebellious thing to do. Like they can all play really good, yeah. all the people in his bands, but then they just, they were so sloppy because yeah. they just didn't give too far, yeah. you know. And like Voodoo Child, like uh, that recording, but it's Voodoo Child's slight return. Yeah. It's just it's 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 got everything rock and roll should have, even punk rock or whatever. Like it's just it's so full on. It's it's fucking genius and it's so compact as well. Because yeah. apparently, like I think it was ABC or PBS in America went down to um, I took a camera crew down to the studio while he right. was recording. The Hendrix Experience was recording and and and. They were playing the slow version. There's two versions of Voodoo Child. One's like a really slow blues. And then um, they did that like three times um, just to keep the camera crew happy because they wanted to get right. different angles and shit. And in the end, they got sick of that. And when the camera crew said, can you do it one more time? They just went, fuck, okay, we're just going to do a different thing. And we'll just do it in a... And uh, they kind of just vamped on this, this thing they were all familiar with and then just basically created the song live and so it's this bizarre live take that has made the song up yeah three and a half minutes and it's just it's it's insane like if yeah. you're the recording engineer of that song you just go fuck me yeah it's just the most wild shit that ever happened um but then the the, the camera crew can't remember yet which network it was i was reading a um a thing on their website and they were talking about like the 10 biggest fuck-ups in their 50-year history, and one of them was losing the film footage of of those sessions, so they lost the film. Yeah, because yeah, didn't, like, the BBC, to save money, just, like, retape over just a bunch of old film footage? Like, I, I read, or I think my dad told me that somewhere. Because oh, like, yeah, it, was, it was early video, so you could reuse yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because, like, I, I like what you said about just, like, being the engineer in the booth. Like, I feel like that's such like a, like a trope of sort of music biopics 
um, where you have like the engineer in the booth who's like, whoa, like right at the moment. So it's crazy to think that like, while, while in movies, those are obviously just such like concocted moments and they're not yeah. real. Like it's cool to think that like, that that did happen somewhere.
Um, all right, so next we're going to get into Thirsty and Miserable by Black Flag, and I'm glad that you picked a Black Flag song because I, I I wanted to ask you about something that I heard you say in an interview um, where you talked about how, like, TFS uses a kind of, like, a very DIY approach because, like bands like Fugazi and Black Flag, you don't really fit in kind of, you know, an existing mold of uh, of, like, you know, of music. Um, so I, I was kind of interested like in exploring that kind of notion, uh, assuming that I've characterized your, your remarks correctly. Um, but uh, like, why is it that you think that you don't fit? And, and, and in the same way that bands like Fugazi and, and Black Flag through their influence and over time eventually came to fit, do you think that that will, do you see that happening to you? Um, I don't know. Who knows how it works out? <laughs> But then, you know, we're, yeah, we're just one of those bands that don't do it by the industry standard yeah. or whatever what it's worth. I mean, you know, there's other bands like that, uh, like Deerhoof. They've been around for fucking ages and they, you know, they just float their own boat, do their own thing. No, there's, there's, there's a few bands out there like that, but yeah, we're DIY and we're mainly DIY because no one would touch us. You know? Right. You know, it's really hard when you're doing weird shit. It's 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 hard to get any help, and we're not the weirdest band in the world. We're kind no. of there's an element of pop, you know. So yeah, we're a bit outside like that. But I mean, I, who knows? I think if the songwriting is good, all I know is if the songwriting is good, that is the only thing that's close to a guarantee of longevity. It, there's a million other factors in music. There's production. There's you know your look. There's, I don't know, all sorts of, there's millions of fucking things that go into making a good band, and an interesting band, and a compelling band. But at the end, if you, if you don't have any songs, if you don't have good songs, you're fine. Yeah. But, but then, I mean, yeah, like, you know, who would have thought that Iggy Pop would be an icon? Who would have thought that, you know, then people like fucking Nick Cave and, 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 uh, and, and Henry Rollins. Like, yeah. When I grew up, if someone had said Nick Cave and Henry Rollins are going to be like millionaires and they'll be like the sort of kings of, of I don't know, some sort of alternative indie kind of thing or something, you know, they're, the, they're like the fucking Mick Jagger or that shit. Yeah. I would have laughed at you. I would have, How the fuck does that work? Like, anyway, but yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. kind of weird when that like that live fast, die young thing kind of grows up. Hey? It's like kind of where do you, yeah, where do you yeah. take it? <laughs> especially you know yeah like with, with henry rollins is such an interesting example because like i you know I, i've been i've been such a big fan of black flag for so many years and like it, it, it is kind of crazy when you see like the shit that he's doing now where it's yeah yeah it's you know yeah. it, and, it, and it, what it does is it, it almost makes me wonder like you know the, the punk bands that that are like coming out of toronto right now and that i'm listening to right now and that are like really really young it kind of makes me wonder like what their wild lead singer is going to be up to in like 20 years. Like what, what hidden talents have, yeah. uh, have they got? You don't know. You just don't know. Like, you know, if you'd been to a birthday party gig or, you know, like the first 10 years of the bad seats, that was just the ultimate thing. Yeah. Now it's a bit old and a bit, 
was fun at all, dude. You hate to do it. Fucking yeah. back then, that was just the fucking most terrifying, powerful thing you'd ever seen. And yeah, who would have thought a guy with a hairdo like that would have wound up, you know, being. You know, it's like you can go and have tea with the queen now. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Our queen. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we share the same. Yeah, we do. We do. I have a poster of her in my room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, and I guess just, just to expand on this, this tune before we go on to the next one, like what, um, what, what, what sort of inspiration do you draw from, from, from bands like Black Flag and Fugazi and stuff like, is it purely just in your sort of attitude of sort of not fitting that mold or, or, or is there a, a notable sort of sonic influence that you draw from them as well? Uh, well, there's a sonic thing. And then, I mean... Fugazi, say, and, and Black Flag, they're a bit different. Yeah, completely. I mean, so with, with Black Flag is just so antisocial. Mm-hmm. It was just, it's the most extreme version of something like, you know, when you listen to early ACDC. Yeah. I mean, ACDC was hell-bent on becoming successful, yeah. on becoming huge. And when you then listen to what they were doing, you're just like, well, why the fuck were you playing that? I mean, Black Flag were were hell bent on sort of maybe not playing stadiums, but they they wanted to make a living and they wanted to do it well. Yeah. So they just, but it's so, it's like, it's so anti-social. It's hideous. It's awful. It's not. It's meant to repulse you, and you know, it's sort of sort of music that punches your head in. And um, yeah. So I just, I find that fascinating. And it's hilarious too. It's just a very funny thing to do, like um, to, to play something so anti. Yeah. Whereas you know, for Gazi, they weren't that. They were they were a lot more personable, I think, yeah. you know, in the whole thing. So yeah, yeah. But then that particular song, "Thirsty Miserable," is just a great example of it's it's just careening out of control. Yeah, it is it's feral. It's like a fucking a bush pig coming to fucking. Stick its horns up your ass, you know what I mean? It's horrible.
Alright, so next we're gonna go uh into a bit of bit of a choice out of left field. Um Shostakovich is uh with his eighth eighth string quartet. Um what do you like about this song? Um well this is like it's twentieth century classical and I mm-hmm. as far as that shit goes. This is a pretty popular piece. I think it's probably the most popular string quartet. You know. At least from the 20th century, mm-hmm. but um, it's really interesting. It's like um, like he was Russian. He was an adult during you know the sort of well, he was about 10 years old when the Russian Re- Revolution happened, right? And then he uh, he went to you know he was sent to you know a music school, a government music school, and then he sort of came up under the communist era. And that he he lived with the terror, Stalin's terror, and just some fucking hideous shit. Um, and lots of his peers, you know, whether like Prokofiev or Shostakovich, lots of, I mean, or, 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 or Stravinsky, they left, they bailed out because, mm-hmm. you know, living under Stalin is not very nice. But um, he stayed and he went through all sorts of just extreme hardships. He was... You know, he was uh, lucky not to get killed. I think 15 of his closest friends and family were killed during Stalin's reign because, you know, just saying the wrong thing or, you know, uh, you know, doing just... And he was criticised. He was accused of being a formalist, which is this vague term that the the communists of the Soviet Party would just lay on you if they didn't like you. And then you'd have to... You'd go to either go to a, a gulag and disappear or or you'd have to you know sort of repent mm-hmm. you know and I'm, he, so he came up he came, you know he had a fuck time um and he would do he'd be commissioned to do you know big symphonies for the government and he just had this way where he would um he would reference something like a, a tchaikovsky a, a kind of a, a victorious triumphant tchaikovsky kind of march Right. But then, and so he sort of referenced that in a part of what he was doing, that, and he was going to present this fucking Joseph Stalin and all these architects and plebs, and he would he would just pervert it. He would just fuck things up and uglify the music that he was referencing, and just put little things that are just a bit off in there. Yeah. And 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 so people who knew what music was and understood it would just go would see that he's. Uh, it's kind of subversive and he did the sort of sonic version of a grimace. But um, but people like Stalin were dumb fuckers. So they didn't, you know, they weren't, they were just farm boys. They weren't very well versed in classical music. So they didn't, they didn't get it. Anyway, and he would do things like he would put his initials, Dmitry Shostakovich. There's like a, the regular Western notation is, you know, ABCDEFJHJ. Right. It doesn't go to J, but anyway, 
<laughs> German is different. So if you put his, uh, his uh, initials into German notation, you get DSHC, which goes. Da, 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 da. And he just filled his symphonies and, uh, and mainly the, this eighth string quartet is, is mostly based on those four notes. And I'm just moving them up and down, transposing them up and down. So he, what he's essentially doing is just saying me, 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 in a regime where the, you're not allowed to be an individual. It was, you know, it's communism. Yeah, so, I mean, he could if they'd figured that shit out, they would have killed him. Yeah. And then they would have disappeared him and then they would have made his family throw out any, burn any photographs they'd have of him and, and pretend that they never knew him. They used to just disappear there. I mean, the, the Soviets, you know, the country Chechnya? Yeah. The Soviets sent fucking Chechnya to the Gulag for 10 years. So you could, for 10 years, you could go to Chechnya and there was no one there because they were all in prison. It's a fucking big country. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how extreme she was. Anyway, there's rebels in music. There's, you know, there's people like Bob Marley who got shot and but kept on keeping on. And, you know, there's political figures in music. There's, there's fucking, you know, all sorts of people who risk, you know, physical violence and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but none more than him. He's just the bravest, craziest, saddest motherfucker ever, you know. Yeah. yeah. Holy cow, man. That's that's crazy. I I had no idea that, you know. Obviously, you know I I, I, I study politics in school, but like understanding the the impact that it had that a regime like that had on on composers is, is something I've never really given much thought to. That's that's incredible. Yeah, it's extreme, and he lived to see the fall of of the Soviet Union, basically, wow. or till till uh, till perestroika and all that. He didn't see the fall of the wall, but yeah, he's an amazing guy. I mean, you know, there's people like Fela Kuti from um, from Nigeria, and I mean, he was tortured and he was, you know, beaten up by the cops all the time. And I mean, even Black Flag. I mean, they, they yeah. would always get beaten up by the cops. And, you know, so people can be quite brave, but this guy is just the king of that. I mean, he was up against just the most oppressive regime out there. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. like truly another level. Holy shit! Yeah, he just learned. He learned to subvert it. You know, he's like Winston in in in, in 1984. He just learned to somehow get his 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 you know voice out there, his soul out there, without getting killed for it. And people appreciate it because people in the know would go to his his gigs and uh, would would love it.
So next up is um, Ambulance Blues by Neil Young. Um, I asked you to pick a Canadian song, so I appreciate you you picking a Canadian song. Um, you know, of, of all of all the, the Neil Young songs, I know, I know you and I, before we started recording, were sort of batting a few about, why'd you pick this one? Uh, it's kind of, it's, it's off On the Beach, this album that he kind of, he put it out and then he reissued it. Only, it, it sort of came out in like 1974 or something. And then he reissued it in, um, oh, 2006. And it had been out of print for, you know, decades. And um, for a lot of new Young fans, it was their favourite album. It's kind of the darkest one he's done. Uh, it's, it's really, it's a really heavy thing. And I think he was tripping at the time. He was having a shitty time. So I think he just wanted to put that one on the shelf and not think about it because it must have reminded him of having bad times. But it's just, it's it's an amazing album. That and Zuma. Um, it's just, just pinnacle, Neil. But um, Amulet's Blues, it's just like a, it's, it's, it's an acoustic thing where he's just got his Martin and he's he tunes the E string down to a low A. Right. So it just goes, boing. You know, yeah. if you plugged it into an amp, you would... You would be basically playing Doom, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but it's, it's it's so good, and it's just a really super sad song. It goes for ages. It's just it rambles. It's hard to know what it's about. It's just this weird kind of. It's just this really abstract, strange thing. It's so beautiful, yeah. And just off a great album. The whole album is killer. Back in the old oaky days. Air was magic when we played. The river boat was rocking in the rain. Midnight was the time for the raid. Oh, Isabella, proud. Stubbed their toes on garbage trails. Waitresses are crying in the rain. Will a boyfriend pass this way again? Old Mother Goose, she's on the skids. Happy, neither are the kids. She needs someone that she can scream at, and 
I'm such a hero for making her feel so bad. I guess I'll call it sickness gone. It's hard to say the meaning of this song. An ambulance can only go so fast. It's easy to get buried in the past. Try to make a good thing last. Today, in the entertainment section, there's room at the top for private detection. To mom and dad, this just doesn't matter. But it's either that or pay off the kidnapper. So all you critics sit alone. You're no better than me for what you've shown. With your stomach pump and your hook and ladder dreams, we could get together for some scenes.
keep and jive alive And out on the corner It's half past five But the subways are empty And so are the cafes Except for the farmer's market And I still can hear him say You're all just pissing know it, but you are, and there ain't nothing like a friend, who can tell you you're just pissing in the wind. never knew a man could tell so many lies he had a different story for every set of eyes how can he remember who he's talking to yeah. Cause I know yeah. it All right. Well, okay. So uh, we're just uh, we're we're getting near the end now. Um, I want to um, and we're, the way the show works is we you know we kick off with one of your tunes, we end with one of your tunes. Um, your latest single, uh, double sided single, uh, side B, if I'm not mistaken, is Heaven. Uh, really, really like moody and brooding tune. But uh, but what uh, what can you tell us about this song? Uh, well, it's a Talking Heads song. I mean, oh, we've been doing. It? I didn't even take that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been doing. Talk, we've been doing um, lots of seven inches in the in the you know three or something years we've been around. We like to do a lot of vinyl, and then on every B side, we've just just put a sort of favorite song by somebody else. On it, you know, and generally we'll do Australian bands, right? But we kind of. I mean, the last Australian band we did was the Bee Gees because they're like English, right. Australian. And uh, yeah, but then we thought, well, fuck the Australian thing. Let's do just whatever works. So Heaven was good because it's, you know, there's two versions that Talking Heads did. One's like a full band thing and it's all right. But there's one live one where it's just acoustic and it's just killer. And so we, we based ours on that. and. Right. It's just about, it's sort of an anti-utopian thing. He's sort of saying, was it heaven is a place where nothing ever happens. Right. So be careful what you wish for. Because if everything's perfect, it would just be as dull as dog shit. You know? mm-hmm. nothing, nothing would ever happen. But um, it was just weird because when we recorded it, the whole, you know, the, the pandemic had started 
and obviously the beginning of the pandemic was a lot worse in a lot of ways than the end because the uncertainty and you know the disruption was new and mm. it sort of turned this song on its head because it went from saying heaven is a place where nothing happens so that's not what you want yeah it sort of became this new thing where it's like no i do want nothing to ever happen i'm, I'm sick of shit happening right you know i'd rather i would rather live in a dull world than this exciting world because it's stressful so it just did i've never known a song to be able to just do this polar flip you know right and just suddenly mean the exact opposite of what it originally meant and still to hold its power and stuff. so yeah it's a beautiful song it's a good yeah. song Damn, holy shit. And I hope you'll forgive me for not taking in that it was a cover and that that was something that y'all were doing. I, I th That's a bit of a, a lapse in research on my part. That's my bad. But uh... I'll never forgive you for that. I will never. <laughs> okay. um, all right. So so with that, on that note, we're going to you know close things out with this song. But uh, at the end of each show, uh, we always give our guests just a, a chance to like plug any upcoming releases, um, you know, if, if I'm, you guys are touring in Australia right now, which is crazy, because um, we're still like, I'm Toronto's under a state of home order right now. Um, so, uh, but uh, but what can you tell the what can you tell the people about what uh, what you've got going on? Uh, well, just at that moment, uh, we we just just now we have a five day five day lockdown. I'll show you. Hang on. Let me just check the news. Ugh. Yeah, fucked up. Oh, shit. Um, there's cases in Melbourne and in the state of Victoria. So just, just this moment, they've ordered a five-day lockdown. But I don't know. We've got gigs coming up with King Gizzard. Yeah. Uh, and they are in how many days? They're in 14 days. Yeah. So... I don't know. I mean, fuck, it's all up in the air. It's just a classic COVID. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, apart from that, we've been working on an album. We've nearly finished. I think it'll be finished in about a week. Yeah. Um, just mixing it now. Uh, but fuck, everything else is up in the air. It's hard yeah. to plan anything. But yeah. I wish I could say we were going to Europe and America. Like last year, we were supposed to be doing seven tours. We would have done two tours of Australia. And then, like, seven in, in Europe and the States. Yeah. I mean, five in Europe and the States. But, yeah, game over, Red Rover. It's all, all down to this fucking virus. Yeah. yeah. All man. Well, that's that's it for us. Um, really, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, we, yeah, no worries. We've been fans of yours for a while, so uh, it's, it's, really, it's really a pleasure. Oh, cool. It's fun to hang out. Cool. Alright, thanks so much to Gaz from Tropical Fuckstorm for joining us this week. As always, you can find full versions of this show wherever you get your podcasts. Just look up Having a Chat, or you can find them at havingachat.com. The show is produced by myself and Hillary Johnston, and all social media and marketing materials are done by Pedro Walker, so don't forget to check us out on social media. And to wrap up this week's show, this is Tropical Fuckstorm with Heaven. Everybody's trying to 
get to the bar the name of that bar the bar is called heaven and the band in heaven they play a favorite song they'll play it one more time then play it on a Nothing at all. 